Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey everybody, welcome into the MLB Extras Mets podcast and welcome into 2019, our first podcast of the new year. I'm Tim McMaster along with our Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. Anthony, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Tim. All right, we are going to talk about, of course, the hot stove season, what's left to do for this Mets team, a little of what they've done as well. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about New Year's resolutions. Some people make them, some people don't, some people keep them, some people don't. Anthony, if you were the New York Mets, what would your New Year's resolution be? Well, my New Year's resolution would be don't stop now, don't stop what you're doing. Uh, you know, Brody Van Wagenen. When he came on as general manager, he pledged to be aggressive. He pledged to be creative. And he was those things. He went out. He, he made that big splash trade for Robinson Cano and for Edwin Diaz. And then he followed that up with a couple of signings, Jerry's Familia, Wilson Ramos. Don't stop now. The Mets are at a point where, where they're a very good team. Uh, I, I don't think anyone would deny that they're competitive in, the, in that very, very tough NL East. But I also think you have to look out for a Nationals team that's not going anywhere, that's still really good, a Braves team that's young, won the division last year and is still getting better, a Phillies team that is already good and, by the way, might sign Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. So this is an incredibly tough division, and the Mets are one big sign, maybe two signings away from putting themselves in a position where they could say, we really genuinely are the favorites in this division. And maybe that means going out and getting Bryce Harper. That's probably unrealistic. But if you go out and get, say, A.J. Pollock or get one more big arm for the bullpen or get you know one big piece to shore up your starting pitching depth, these are things that make you better and, and that clearly make you better and that the Mets can do. So my New Year's resolution would be don't stop now. Go out and, and just finalize what has all the makings of, of a really good roster. Yeah, they've already made some great moves. Obviously, um, we've talked about it, and there's been rumors of other moves. But you mentioned the additions of A.J. Pollock, a guy like that. What do you think the chances are that the Mets have another big splash in them this offseason? I don't, I don't think it's all that high, to be honest. I, they've kind of talked down the possibility of signing another big reliever, of signing a Pollock-caliber outfielder. Uh, so realistically, and, and also judging just based on what this team has done over the past decade, I think it's much more likely they fill in at the margins and maybe they get, uh, you know, a, a, an okay reliever, a middle of the pack reliever. Maybe they get 
you know, another starting pitcher on a minor league deal. Maybe they add an outfielder, but it's not an A.J. Pollock. Maybe it's someone in that third or fourth tier down, someone who gives you a little more depth. Um, so I, I don't necessarily see that happening. But as we learned last year, the market has been awful funny in, in recent times. And, and, you know, the Mets didn't expect to sign Todd Frazier, but lo and behold, his market came to them at the end of last year. They wound up getting him. They didn't expect to sign Jason Vargas. But lo and behold, his market came to them at the end of last offseason, and they went out and got him and made a couple of signings that they really weren't intending to make at the outset of the offseason. So things can happen. We'll see. I, I certainly wouldn't eliminate the possibility, possibility that the Mets go out and acquire A.J. Pollock. But as we sit here right now, beginning of January, Happy New Year, all of that, I, I don't see them going out and really adding a big, big contract to their payroll. Yeah, maybe the key is to not be too aggressive right now because patience can pay off in these situations. You mentioned Todd Frazier falling to them kind of into their lap. That can happen. It seems like every year that has been happening recently with the uh, the draft consequences the team face, teams face for signing these guys. So you, you need to be in the right spot at the right time. The Mets are in a great city where a lot of people like to play. So just wait, stay the course, right, and, and see what's around in February. Yeah, it's definitely a strategy. And, you know, to be honest, that would run contrary to what Brody Van Wagenen has said, is that I want to be aggressive. I want to be out on the forefront. And realistically, you know, he was. He sprung one of the first big trades of the offseason with that Cano deal. Uh, he set the market for relief pitchers, essentially, in signing jurisdiction to that three-year, $30 million deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, a whole bunch of relievers come out off the board right after that. He set the market for catchers as well. He was the first one to sign a free agent catcher of any consequence this offseason. So uh, it would run contrary, but you know the best GMs also don't just uh, run under one uh, philosophy. They will adapt. They will adjust based on what's going on around them, based on what the free agent market is doing, based on what the trade market is doing, what other teams are doing, how many teams are going for it, how many teams are not going for it. All those things play into it, and you have to be able to read the tea leaves in so many, in so many places. So... Uh, for Brody Van Wagen, and that is certainly a strategy that could work. It worked for the Mets last year in that they got a couple of guys late in the offseason far cheaper than they ever thought they could have in, say, November or December. And it's quite possible that a guy like A.J. Pollock, maybe his, his market comes down to them in February, they're able to strike a deal. You mentioned Wilson Ramos and that addition. It is a good one. It's something the team needed, but it also creates now a situation where maybe they have too much catching, not necessarily too much premier catching, but too many players overall. Uh, do you think they end up trading one of the other catchers currently on the roster? I, I can definitely see it. I don't think it's mandatory. I don't think it's necessary. Um, you know, you can carry three catchers if you have to, especially given the injury histories of Wilson Ramos and Travis Darno, the odds of both of those players staying healthy for a significant chunk of the season is frankly pretty low. So if you wanted to hold on to Kevin Ploiecki for that reason alone, I think you can certainly justify it. But you have Wilson Ramos under contract. You have Travis Darno, uh, who is going to make around $4 million in arbitration. And then you have Kevin Ploiecki, who's out of minor league options. So those three guys presumably are here, and they don't all necessarily fit snugly on the opening day roster. So yeah, I think they'll look to to trade guys. And, and the question becomes, does it make more sense to trade Travis Darno, who, you know, is that former first round pick with a ton of upside who who has realized it just tantalizing little bits throughout his career and has struggled to stay healthy? 
Or do you trade Kevin Pilecki, who's more of the steady guy? Uh, you know, you don't worry as much about injuries with him, uh, but maybe not as much upside as Travis Darno gives you. That's something that the Mets are going to have to decide uh, as they look and as they try and clear salaries, they try and clear roster space in a potential deal. Um, you know, they also have a fourth catcher down at AAA and Tomas Nito, who might be the best defender of any of them. Uh, and that's a factor as well in terms of uh, a guy who can fill in if they do wind up weakening themselves at the catcher position through a trade. Uh, they have a little bit of assurance there, insurance there in Nito. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see the Mets make a move with one of those two guys, Pulwecki or Darno, before the end of the offseason. You have a story up on Mets.com where you kind of go uh, piece by piece what's left to do for this team. We covered a lot of that with the bullpen and the outfield finalizing those situations. You also have one on there about what's the plan at first base. When are we going to know what the plan is at first base? Probably about the last day of spring training, <laughs> to be honest with you. And look, Brody Van Wagenen has said, uh, you know, I, I would like to see Peter Alonso as the opening day first baseman. That's a tough sell in just in terms of the strategy of, as we've seen with so many teams. And Mets could never say this out loud. Brody Van Wagenen could never say this out loud and won't. But you see with Anthony Rizzo, you see with uh, Ronald Acuna and all these guys who have come up, you keep them down in the minors for a couple of weeks at the start of the season. You get to ensure that you have a full extra year of control just based on the way that MLB rules work. So I, I, despite what Brody Van Wagenen has said, I would not be surprised at all if the Mets go with a stopgap situation uh, to open the season. You know, Dominic Smith is still around. Uh, obviously he is a, probably their best defensive first baseman who's, who's a reasonable bet to be on the opening day roster. They've talked about exposing Jeff McNeil more to that position first base and playing him there. There's even been a little bit of time. I don't think this is going to happen in April, a little bit of talk of sometime down the road, maybe using Robinson Cano at first base. So there are different ways that the Mets could go. Um, ultimately, I'm not sure it matters who's the opening day first baseman because by April 20th or so, it should be Peter Alonso. He's deserved that chance. He's proven everything you could possibly prove in the minors and then some. So uh, it's almost a, a matter of semantics right now. If Dominic Smith, is it Peter Alonso? Is it Jeff McNeil? Is it someone else at first base? Long term, the Mets really like Peter Alonso as their first baseman, and that's probably you know who's going to get the bulk of the at-bats there over the course of the season. We talked a little bit about the outfield. One person that could fit into that equation at some point is, of course, Joanna Cespedes. Omar Minaya was on MLB Network Radio this week, and not exactly a ringing endorsement for the 2019 Joanna Cespedes fan club. As uh, Minaya said, if he gives us anything this year, that's great. We're happy for that, which makes you more confident that he probably won't give you much. Um, how much of it is them just being cautious with Cespedes to make sure that maybe there's something down the road versus just the fact that these injuries are a huge question mark, that not that they're kind of unknowns? Well, I think it's both. I think there's definitely a big unknown factor with you want to assess, but it's both in his timetable. No one really knows when he's going to be able to make it back. And the most optimistic thing that I've heard is around midseason, around the All-Star break. But certainly there is some concern that he won't be able to play at all next year. Uh, beyond that, certainly there's a question of who is he going to be when he comes back? What kind of player is you want to assess, but it's going to be? Uh, you know, he hasn't been that guy that we've seen that we that changed the face of the franchise in 2015. He hasn't been that guy in a couple of years. He hasn't been healthy. Uh, he just hasn't been that impactful sort of player. And for him to come back now, you know, in getting into his mid-30s, 
and all of a sudden just go right back to being an all-star caliber 30 to 35 home run level player that's a lot to ask anyone so there there is doubt there in terms of what he can actually be what he can actually contribute and, and the truth is we're not even going to have a hint of it until he gets on the field in spring training and that's probably going to be pretty conservative at the outset and he's talked about ramping up baseball activities in february and then starting to run after that and running is going to be a big test for him something he might not even be able to do until march April, who knows? We, we don't have a lot of answers about Jonas Cespedes right now. Uh, what Omar Minaya said in terms of if we get anything out of him this year, that, that's, that's great. That's gravy. You know, I think that's kind of the way the Mets are looking at it is that you know, we have to go into the season thinking we're going to get nothing. And if we get something, it's a bonus. And if we get an all-star caliber player at any point in the year, that, that's absolutely terrific. But I don't think anyone in the Mets is counting on that for 2019. Yeah, and then you figure out how that affects the roster at that point. Certainly not now. You plan on not having him. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony DeComo. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. You can find all of the MLB Extras Club podcasts on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, MLB.com backslash podcast. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thank you for listening. <laughs>